welcome back to the Forever State Podcast. My name's Jake. And my name's Sarah. And we've made it to 2023, and you are stunning, by the way. Thank you. Just wonderful. Um, how was Christmas? Christmas was so wonderful. We took it really slow, stayed home, mm-hmm. made a fire. Mm-hmm. Two days straight, that fire was PJs, burning. PJs, mm-hmm. literally all day. Yeah, we made breakfast, like big breakfast, uh-huh. um, in the morning on Christmas, and then we did charcuterie board shaped in a snowman. Yeah. Seriously, we had goat cheese. Yeah. That looked like a snowman. That was a last-minute awesome. decision, and it was a good one. It was a good one. The <laughs> kids loved that. So did I. But uh, <laughs> and we devoured that that uh, goat cheese. Um, and then we had London broil for dinner, and it was just a good Christmas at the mm-hmm. house. We didn't change out of our pajamas. Um, then you know the night before we gathered with our church body and worshipped. Um, yep. It was good. And then we we traveled north the next week. Yeah, for uh, New Year's Eve. For New Year's Eve, to we traveled to Virginia, uh, about twenty minutes uh, outside of Shenandoah National Park. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just beautiful there. Our friends yeah. live there, and they wor- he works in D.C. and um, just hung out with them and their family. Shot some guns. You know, <laughs> woohoo, America! It was good. It was a good a good time. And then um, now we're back, and we're in twenty twenty three. Um, and we're excited, excited to jump into today's topic. Yeah, which is your spouse is not your savior. It's not your savior. Spouse is not your savior. I'm not your savior. <laughs> Lay off me. <laughs> I have found this little like tagline, your spouse is not your savior, very helpful for our marriage, for setting expectations, for conflict resolution, just all those things, keeping that truth in mind. And so what we mean by that is, um, I think if you can, well, the obvious thing is that Jesus is your savior. Yeah. Jesus is the only savior. That's a given. Um, yeah. But in case you needed us to say that, I'll say it again. Jesus is your savior. Yeah. And I think of the type of expectations I have on my actual savior mm-hmm. because I know that certain things are true of him. I know that he's trustworthy. I know that he's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know that he will provide for me. I know that he will fulfill me, yeah, sustain ex- me. Extend grace. Yeah, he brings me joy. He forgives. All of those things are true of Jesus 100% of the time. I can always rely on those things to be true of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But sometimes those things filter into other relationships, yeah. specifically what we're talking about today is marriage. marriage. But it doesn't have to be just marriage. Yeah, it could be your like your job's not your savior. Mm-hmm. Your parents aren't your savior. Maybe yeah. you're an adult processing things. Like your parents is not your savior. They messed up. Extend them grace. Right. <laughs> like, and then the, your kids aren't your savior. Your there's mm-hmm. so many things that it can go into where you start to put things on a pedestal or you start to look towards things for certain gratification. Yeah. 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 And that can be um, kind of dangerous mm-hmm. and also just uncomfortable because you 100% of the time will be let down if you're putting um, those expectations on people because people are flawed. Uh, and so we just kind of wanted to break that down today yeah. talk a little bit about how it applies in marriage and how we find some practical ways to um, just keep like communication healthy, to keep conflict healthy mm-hmm. um, when we have expectations of one another that can actually be met. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me, can I read a verse really quick? Yeah, please. Does that sound good? Second um, Corinthians 9, 8. Uh, and this is something you brought me. This is the NIV version. But this this is what it says. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I love that. 
Read the ESV version. Yeah, ESV says, and God is able to make all grace abound to mm. you, mm-hmm. so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Read it one more time. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. All grace abound. And in, in the NIV version, it says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. Mm-hmm. So what's a blessing? Grace. Grace is yeah. a blessing. And so how can you bless other people? By extending grace. So I think that's step number one mm-hmm. in this whole process of, of your spouse not being your savior, and specifically for your spouse, is yeah. extending grace. Yeah, and recognizing that grace is extended to you. Grace is extended to me. That's yep. what it says. God's mm-hmm. able to make all grace abound to me because I also need grace. So it would be completely unfair yeah. and unrelevant to assume that my spouse doesn't need grace from me because even I need grace from my father. And so uh, that, yeah, that's a good first point to make. Um, and then knowing that we will have all sufficiency in all things at all times. So we have everything we need all the time from Jesus, our yeah. Savior. Well, and, and I think it... I, keep going, sorry. No, I was just going to say, and because we have everything we need, we can then go and abound in every good work. And in my opinion, marriage is a good work. I think that it's something that reflects the kingdom. I think that it's something that honors God yeah. and brings glory to God. Um, marriage does that. And so... Well, yeah, and I think in churches, a lot of time when you hear the word generosity, you immediately assume financial. Mm-hmm. You immediately assume giving. Giving yeah. to the church of monetary, whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. $300, $400, $500, whatever it is, um, given the 10%, right? Mm-hmm. And when we think of generosity, I think we need to shift our perspective to, yes, you know, generosity is something that can be financial, but it doesn't always have to be financial. Mm-hmm. It, it, you can be generous with your love. You can be generous with your joy. You can be generous with mm-hmm. your kindness. You can be generous with your with your time. You mm-hmm. can be generous with grace. And yeah. I think in this case, um, you know, Paul's writing to the church here, and he's talking about he's encouraging them to be generous. Yeah. In this passage that you're talking about, and so it's important for us to like see the context of the passage. Okay. So he's talking about generosity, but he's not just talking about generosity and finances. Mm -hmm. Paul's, there's a bigger scope here um, that he's getting at and it's, it's being generous because he doesn't, I think even he mentions in here that they gave their, they gave their stuff away. Essentially they they were freely scattering their gifts to the poor. Mm -hmm. He references another verse uh, that's not, I mean, that's money in terms, but they they were talking about food. They were talking about bread and like, it's grace is extending grace and love. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, yeah, to your point, I think that's the, that's the first step is extending grace and seeing the expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Expectations I think mm-hmm. is a, is a huge one. Um, and, and honestly, like if you pause and think right now, all right, what are the main, what, what is the main cause of any argument in your marriage whether the topic is kids money whatever you're arguing about i think when you boil it down more often than not the main culprit of an argument is unmet expectations Mm -hmm. and so um i think that if we can work backwards and say okay well what expectations am i placing on my spouse is it a fair expectation number one is it something they can actually achieve so if my expectation for you is to give me fulfillment in life 
okay, well, no offense, you're pretty great, but you're not going to be able to live up to that expectation because well, you're not Jesus. Well, let's get more specific. Okay, think of a think of a situation. I can, I can even create one or I could use one personally. I'll, I'll just use one personally. Like, If the expectation is me to get something done or to do something, but we have not communicated, you have not or I have not communicated mm-hmm. that I want you to do this thing or you want me to do this thing or you need me to do this thing, mm-hmm. then... I'm almost 100% of the time going to fall short if I don't know the expectation. Right, yeah. So that that's, was... that's why it's key to communicate the expectation. Right, you yeah. Know? I yeah. go through these steps in my head. Number yep. one, is the expectation I have for you even realistic? Can, yeah. Is it something you can achieve? Number two, have I communicated my expectation with you? Because if I have not, like you said, can't expect you to meet it. Well, <laughs> you don't likewise. even know what it is. It's the other way around too, you know, like... Um, if I don't communicate, it's the same thing. Right. So, and then, and then, what's really bad mm. is then like you might have an expectation, and I I can't follow through on it. And like that's okay, that's hard, and we mm. talk about it, and we get through it, we work through it. But if that it, there's this when the universe aligns, <laughs> and I have an expectation on the same breath that you have an expectation, and neither one of us have communicated, and we both are let down, then that's like a double whammy. Yeah. And it sucks. <laughs> it's like everybody's, everyone's miserable. <laughs> yeah. This might sound super Christian of me, but when we're in the heat of a, an argument and the problem is I haven't communicated expectations, you haven't communicated expectations, and now we're frustrated at each other, mm-hmm. uh, I really honestly do think to myself, like, okay, Jake is not my savior. Stop what you're doing. Take a minute. Pray or open your Bible. Read some truth. Remember who you are, remember whose you are, and remember the grace that you've been given, Sarah, that you've been given by Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then then you can walk out yeah. and abound in every good work and communicate yeah. with my spouse in a way that's loving and honoring and um, caring to you and to me. Yeah. So. I do a little bit different process, but you, I think you already know it is like, I mean, I go to scripture, but um, I expect a lot of you. And if you don't follow through, then then like I'll replace you, <laughs> you know? Well, it hasn't happened yet, so I <laughs> must kidding. be pretty awesome. <laughs> no, I think, I think I, um, I, I process feelings more than Sarah. Oh, 100%. I like dig in with her on whatever it is. Not in a bad way, like dig at her, but dig into mm-hmm. the feelings, the emotions. Yeah, I think we want to look at another writing from Paul in Romans specifically in chapter 12, and mm-hmm. he, he's writing um, to the church. He's talking about the, the marks of a true Christian. Mm-hmm. Like, what what things will we see? Uh, what's the fruit of our faith? Mm-hmm. How's it going to play itself out? Uh, and in verse 10, he says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Outdo one another... And showing our, we actually just had coffee with an amazing couple that we love. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to name drop them. Actually, I am because they're going to listen. Well, we want to have them. Yeah, we want to have them on, on the don't podcast. Don't say too much because we yeah. want to have them on the podcast to talk about this. But oh uh, yeah, you're right. They're going to talk about this with us. Yeah, don't uh, say anything okay, about okay. it yet. <laughs> but they they do this really well. Yeah, they do. Uh, outdo one another in showing honor, serving one another, out mm-hmm. outdoing each other in serving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I just think, man, like when you. First of all, like let's just take like a little sorry, sidebar real quick. Mm-hmm. Surrounding yourself with people 
who can pour into you and specifically your marriage, people that are, are tried and true, like time tested marriages that mm-hmm. are healthy. You can see them. You can feel the health mm-hmm. like as much as you can glue yourself to those people make them hang out with you (laughs) make them hang out with you and sometimes they want to hang out with with us which is like i'm like that's awesome i love this (laughs) um but like surround yourself with those people because what's going to happen is it's going to you like anything you stand outside in the rain without an umbrella or a poncho Mm -hmm. you're going to get wet Mm -hmm. it's the same thing their love for one another or a couple's love for one another when you can see it if you can surround yourself with those people, it's going to spill onto you like the rain mm-hmm. spills onto you. It's, it's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you want to surround yourself with people who are healthy. And, and if you feel like right now, I don't even have somebody like that. Well, maybe that's where you start. Like find somebody. So yeah. that's my sidebar nice in sidebar. this conversation. But to bring it back, like outdo one another in showing honor. Mm-hmm. Like, that is big for us. Um, and then focusing on how to do that. So yeah. I also think it's a great way to shift your perspective um, because I think like if you, because I'm just, if we're being really honest, like your spouse isn't always going to meet your expectations. You're going to be let down by your spouse. That's a mm-hmm. normal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think sometimes though, when we are in the middle of being let down, we forget that like, this is a normal part of life. My spouse is going to fall short. Yeah. My spouse is going to mess up and it feels like really personal it feels manipulative. It's like, oh, they did that on purpose to make me upset. I yeah. just know, you know, those are the kind of things that go through our head. Um, if my brain is on, okay, outdo mm-hmm. one another in showing honor. Yeah. Even when I feel like you've fallen short and I'm starting to be like a little bit self-loathing and like, oh my gosh, woe is me. If I can shift to, all right, Jake messed up yeah. and this hurt my feelings. And when we have time to sit down and talk about it, I'm going to let him know that, Hey, that hurt my feelings when you did this. Um, but in this moment right now, I'm going to outdo him by showing him honor and doing something yeah. that is kind and caring for him. I feel like that usually, or or you do that to me. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's always me, but <laughs> that usually smooths the moment over, the tension over enough that when yeah. we bring it up later and we are able to talk about it, it's like the conversation is so healthy and it's like everyone feels heard and cared for yeah you know what i mean like it feels like a safe space for mm-hmm. me to share this yep. is what you did that made me upset and it doesn't feel like an attack on you i want to read a couple more passages from romans 12 because i think what paul writes here he's talking about the marks of a true christian but these things play into our marriage and i think earlier we said that this doesn't just some of these principles don't just apply to your marriage they're good to have in your marriage for sure Um, So let me read these. It says, let love be genuine. This is in verse 9. Let love be genuine. And then we jump down. We go past verse 10 that we just read. Like, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. But then in verse 11, it says, do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be patient. That's what I'm talking about, compartmentalizing. You don't need to fix a problem in the car with the kids in the back seat. He's and looking me deep in the soul. No, no, I'm not. Because I'm a fixer. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm saying this because I think I think our daughter is old enough now where we are having conversations with her where 
and it doesn't happen often, but um, when we get frustrated at each other, she can tell, and it and mm-hmm. it affects her. Yeah, it does. It affects her. So it's for me, it's like being patient in tribulation in our marriage mm-hmm. means compartmentalizing things that say, okay, this we can take care of this later. Right now, we can take care of this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. being able to compartmentalize those two things. Yeah, and the be patient. That's a hard one, I think, for definitely for me, probably for a lot of people listening. Like to compartmentalize? Um, not, no, well, yeah, maybe for some people, yeah. sure. But I mean, like going even further, like on the being patient mm-hmm. aspect, mm-hmm. not only like patient when you want to resolve the conflict right then and there, but just yeah. patience in general is a difficult thing. Um, and so I also have to remember, and there's another verse where he talks about that God isn't giving you a spirit of fear, but he's giving you a spirit of self-control. And um, self-control, I think, is uh, necessary in marriage. (laughs) You have to have that because as a human and a woman, personally, I think I'm hardwired to operate out of feelings, out of emotions. Like I want to make decisions based on how I feel. I want to take action based on what I'm feeling Mm -hmm. right here in the moment. and in the moment when you were letting me down, when you're not meeting my hidden expectations and I'm frustrated, you know, I said this earlier, but my initial response is to be like, oh, well, I'll, you know, let me do something that irritates him then because I'm irritated, you know? Mm-hmm. But in that moment, like, I need to remember, like, no, I have a spirit of self-control and my goal is to outdo my spouse yeah. in love and in honor. Likewise. Yeah. And so that's not easy and we Mm-mm. definitely don't always get that right. But if you can operate out of that mindset and keep that verse, um, just meditate on it and keep it tucked away so that you can pull it out in times of need, (laughs) um, it really does help. And like I was saying earlier, um, well, and Jake mentioned too that he, like Jake's a processor. He likes to process out loud. He likes to talk through all of the emotions and all of the Mm -hmm. steps. And I'm definitely more of a, like a internal processor before I verbalize what I'm feeling. Um, But... I think part of that I've learned is because I have never really felt safe enough to share Mm -hmm. what I'm feeling. And when you find um, this commonality with your spouse where you're both trying to outdo one another in love or outserve one another or um, out honor one another, whichever version you want to pull from, um, that really creates such a safe environment to talk about what's really going on. Um, I'm a people pleaser. So my tendency is usually to be like, it's not that bad. What I'm feeling isn't really that big of a deal. Let me just shove that down and like accomplish what needs to be done to please the people. Cause I'm a people pleaser. Now, not everyone operates that way. Please don't do it. But don't stuff it. <laughs> I hate it. But, um, having a safe place to share and knowing that Jake and I are like solid, that he's not going to be. He's not going to fly off the handle. He's Mm -hmm. not going to be angry. He's going to listen and be patient with me. That is hard to do when emotions are running rampant and you're in the middle of an argument. Like It's challenging to do that. Um, But the more you do it, the easier it gets. And so just remembering in the moment, like, all right, the end goal, what's the end goal in my marriage? Like, It's not like this one argument is going to end in divorce. Like, That's not even an option that we Mm -hmm. put on the table. So the only other option is resolution. So if we both know our main goal is to resolve what's happening, then we have the freedom to speak freely, to say what needs to be said, even when it's hard to say or hard to hear. Um, But you cover that in truth and in love when you say it. 
um, out of a place that wants to show honor yeah. to the other person. But even in some of our like most difficult like disagreements, you know. Well, I love you, you know, like so, and I feel that love. Mm-hmm. Like when you're when you're upset, when you're sad, when you're hurting, I hurt, mm-hmm. and I think God designed it that way because He hurts when we hurt. Yeah, yeah. You know, He hurts when we hurt, and and He doesn't want us to hurt. Mm-hmm. And and Scripture tells us that He's. He's right next to us. He's gentle and lowly. He's, he's arms wide open. Like that's the emotion that he has to us. And, mm-hmm. and what he says is, I love you. And because I love you, I care about you. And because I care about you, I died for you. And because I died for you, now you, now you have grace. Mm-hmm. And there's no, there's nothing that you need to take on. Like you have grace. Mm-hmm. And because you have that grace, you get to extend that grace. Right. And the the way in which you extend that grace is through my spirit mm-hmm. dwelling in you and and flowing out of you and pouring like the rain scenario mm-hmm. onto the people surrounding you. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you're surrounding yourself with people who want to build you up, build your marriage up, it's going to pour all over you. And it's the same thing with you. If you, and it goes back to what we said in our last podcast, what's the number one thing is a relationship, a personal, intimate relationship with the Father. I think when you start to talk about like how the expectations are unmet and there's that, that your spouse, you're viewing your spouse as your savior, maybe you don't even know it, I think you got to go back to the question of like, where do you find your identity? Is it in right. Jesus? Mm-hmm. If not, that's where you start. Yeah, that's where you start. You want to you want to make your marriage better. Focus on yourself. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds counterproductive what the culture says right now, but I think if you can get healthy, and I'm not saying only focus on yourself. That's not <laughs> what I'm suggesting. <laughs> I gotta I gotta peace out. But what I'm saying is, if you are examining your marriage right now as you're listening to this, or maybe or maybe you're already processing marriage and you're like, man, it's really crappy right now. I, I'd challenge you to ask, what's your relationship like with the father? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in like a, like a mean way. I don't mean that in like a staunch type of way. I mean that like in genuinely, like what does your relationship with Jesus look like? Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, and I'm not talking about reading your Bible every day and praying every day. I'm talking like when you, are struggling where do you go first right where do you go is it to jesus Mm -hmm. and do you do you even know what that looks like like do you know what it looks like to go to jesus Mm -hmm. with your problems with your hurt with your pain with your suffering um and that's a good way to examine it i think is like look back at the hard points in life and if your response is to go somewhere else other than jesus that's where you need to start Yeah. yeah yeah for sure this ties into everything that you were just saying, but when you have a, a clear picture of who you are without Jesus, mm-hmm. um, and if you're able to keep that eternal mindset, I think we've talked about that before, that eternal mindset that this life is not our end all be all, like we mm-hmm. will be in heaven one day with the Father. Um, if you can keep those two things like just really saturated in your spirit, um, it makes this whole out doing one another in love thing a little yeah. bit more palatable because if I'm 
you know, if I'm mad at you for not taking the trash out because you said you'd take it out and then you left for work and forgot to take the trash out. And that frustrates me. It's like, okay, well, the end goal of this marriage is not to have the trash taken out and to have a clean home. The end goal of the marriage is to honor the Lord and to um, be in heaven forever as believers of Jesus. Like, that's the goal of life in general. (laughs) And so, all right, so the trash, maybe not that big of a deal. I'll let them know, like, hey, you forgot to take the trash out, you know. Do better. Be better, Jake. Be better. <laughs> and then I'll just walk the trash out it's because it's not it's the end theme. all be all of the day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's helpful. And then remembering who I am apart from Jesus. Like I'm nothing. I'm I'm a dirty rag. That's what I am. That's what the scripture says. I am apart from Jesus. And so, all right, I need Jesus. You need Jesus. I need Jesus' grace. And so do you. So I'll extend grace when you forget to take the trash out. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it from us. Yep. And until next time. 